And that's my latest card trick that I've uh, I've been working that, on this that, week. That was amazing. I call it the bear's paw. Wow. Because it's big and broad, like a the paw of a bear. What podcast are we on, Paul? We're on podcast number 21, which is the card game special? The card cast. The card cast. That's Sorry, let's pun. call it that. It's a pun. Is it a pun if it involves no intelligence whatsoever? Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> We're going to be looking at all kinds of card games today. We've got uh, Abyss, which is uh, Bruno Fidu. Bruno? Bruno? No. It's, it's Bruno. It's Bruno Cathala. We're looking at Seven Samurai, which is Antoine Bowser's new... Uh, yeah. Village protecting seven samurai card game. We played uh, Say Bye to the Villains, which we is did. by Seiji Kanai, who's which the is... uh, Japanese inventor of Love Letter, one of the best card games really, ever made. Really, really good, really tiny portable card game. And uh, we also played Pandante, didn't we? Panda Poker. Panda Poker by David Serlin, most famous for Puzzle Craft and also a Street Fighter game of some kind. And being very noisy on the internet. He's tried to fix poker. Is it good? We'll tell you. And Matt's been playing Lifeboat. I did. I played Lifeboat. I was a child. And I drowned. <laughs> that sounds like That's a... That's so dark. Was that a failure on your part or a failure of the lifeboat itself? It was because people wanted me to drown. Well, I feel That's like... That's a failure of society. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it wasn't a failure of me. I, I, I didn't want to drown. and I did my absolute best not to drown. Well, I'm happy to admit that. I don't want to leave this as a cliffhanger because this is too exciting. Why don't you tell people about what lifeboat is? Lifeboat, um, basically, the way lifeboat works is you each get given a character at the start. And it's very much like in uh, City of Horror and the fact that your character except you only get one character but your character yeah. is worth more points at the end of the game depending on how rubbish they are basically so <laughs> oh yeah 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 so I, if I could have made my my child survive then he would have been worth quite a few points I think um, but I couldn't you want were you alone in a boat no uh, no each person has one character and the way it works is you're sitting on this lifeboat and it's all about the order of the cards and the way it works is the person at the back of the boat gets to basically salvage stuff so they just get to choose I assume it's the idea that, that you're in a lifeboat and there are things that drift down and the people at the back of the boat are the people who grab stuff what's it. happened prior to this has the ship just gone down I'm guessing yeah I'm guessing there's just been a ship and it's kind of all of the cards are made as if it's kind of like I don't know maybe 1930s or something 1920s. Oh wow! So it's all like it's Titanic. Is, is that when Titanic happened? Sure. 1912. 1919. I was it close. Was... Anyway. 1912. History, surely. not one of our. our you know, sponsors. back in the day when ships just used to <laughs> explode. <laughs> yeah, all the time. Especially the ones where they went, no, this one's fine. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It won't ever sink. The ship full of kids. Dead. So who else was on the lifeboat with you? Apologies um, to anyone who was on the Titanic who might be listening. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's very, it's still very a hot potato. Touchy subject matter. Um, Too soon. We had a French man called Frenchie. Uh, we had Lady. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but he wasn't like super French. It was just they had nicknames like Frenchie, the captain. The captain wasn't actually in our ship. The first mate, I think, was. Okay. I think the first mate was they. It was it was a reskin. I'm pretty sure they just took the name. What's the name of the guy from Tintin who always goes around saying blistering barnacles? Oh, yeah, him. Yeah, I'm pretty Brian sure... Brian Blessed. <laughs> I've forgotten his bloody name, but I'm pretty sure the, the drawing for him was, was the same drawing, but they've made his skin black and his beard uh, blonde. <laughs> and oh, I was right. like, that looks really familiar, and it's like, that is... But anyway, there was also Lady Lauren, I believe, who um, she was just a young lady of leisure who was basically... She, and the characters were all slightly different. Like, the lady... Um, lady Lauren, she was basically... Jewels were worth more for her at the end, like so she'd get more money if she collected oh, jewels. Really? So let me get this straight. You've got you've got pockets full of secret things or yes. what are you doing on this? The boat? way it works is you basically it's basically a card game in the fact you have your hand of stuff that you're collecting. 
Um, and the stuff that's in your hand can be a combination of things. You can have things like water, which is obviously useful. I because, love water. Because otherwise you're going to get drought. Uh, you can find stuff like... You're going to catch drought. Yeah, you'll catch the evil bug drought. Uh, you have paddles, allow you to paddle better. Mm-hmm. And that comes into navigation. I'll explain that in a minute. Uh, but basically, yeah, your hand of cards is what you've got in your pockets. But the clever thing is, is that every time you play something that's like an item, mm-hmm. um, you put it on the table... And then it means that, A, the other players know you've got that because it's sitting on the table. But it also means that if you fall overboard, which can happen for reasons, uh, <laughs> everything, fall that, overboard. everything that isn't in your pockets gets washed away. So it's lost. Yeah. So it means if you get out some weapons for a fight and then you fall overboard before the next turn, um, when you get a chance to put them back into your pockets, you lose your weapons. Are you likely to fall overboard if you've got a weapon? Can't you stop people from making you fall? No, because the overboard thing comes from the navigation. You know how I said it, the people at the back of the boat basically get first dibs on the stuff you find, yeah. and then they pass it round in order up uh, the boat. Okay. The person at the front of the boat chooses the navigation cards, and the way that works is they get to have a look at the selection of, of potential locations. And the idea of the game is really simple. You want to get to land... You get to land by getting four seagulls, which are these cute little white wooden tokens. When you've got enough seagulls, hooray, you're home. But then the thing is, in addition to whether or not it has a seagull on it, you also have other things. Like it'll tell you who falls in the water and also who suffers from drought. And it's like sometimes it's things like anyone who's been involved in a fight suffers ah. drought or anyone who's rowed this turn suffers drought. But obviously the person who's at the front of the boat chooses this secretly so that they will often... You know, choose choose something that suits them best because here's the real kicker of lifeboat is it's not just about surviving. Um, the way it works is it means that at the start of the game you get given cards. Somebody on the boat you love and somebody on the boat you hate. <laughs> okay. The way it works is like you get a huge amount of points for both of these things. Um, and if the if person they survive yeah, or die respectively. Yeah. So it means sometimes you you love somebody on the boat and it means you've got to secretly try and protect them. But sometimes if it's someone you hate, it means you've got to try and get them killed. Um, and it gets interesting because you can actually end up getting things so you can have it so you love yourself. And if you love yourself, it just means you just want to survive. But if you hate yourself, then it means you're a psychopath and it means you get points for every other person on the boat who dies. Oh, that's a really clever way of fixing what could have been awkward. Yeah, could have been, yeah. Uh, but it's really cool because it means that you have this situation of, uh, we at one point, where our captain, who was the person choosing the navigation cards, had a compass, and that meant he could draw more navigation cards. So it was kind of good that he was the captain. But at the same time, it's like you have this question of: Do we trust that the person, <laughs> person in charge of the boat wants to go home, oh, yeah, or do they want to, to take us in circles until we're all dead? And then I guess you end up in situations where you might love someone who hates you. Oh yeah, that happened to me. Um, <laughs> and I actually, my game really backfired because I was the kid and it meant I hardly had any health but I had the ability to steal cards from people. So basically anyone, people, the stuff they had in their pockets, I could pickpocket, I could mm. just take stuff. So the idea was I could really easily piss people off but I could get killed quite easily in fights. Um, and fights break out for wonderful reasons. It's basically just if you want something to happen you ask the other player for it and if they say no then you can choose to either go, all right, whatever, or you can fight. And the fighting is just a really simple system of who's got the highest number, which is a combination of your character's strength and what weapons you've got 
and whoever else is on your on your team. I feel like if you're a child with no health and a really small body, you're just going to get the crap kicked I had out. a couple of knives in my pocket, so I was actually like... <laughs> oh my god! The thing is, you can be like, have a flare gun, which is like really powerful, one-use weapon. Just shoot someone with a flare yeah, gun. Yeah, so that's the thing. Is That's the nice kind of element of being like, well, you don't know what I've got. I might have a flare gun. And also, if I'm following the mechanics, is it possible for your child... Like, it turns out halfway through the game that your child has been hiding ores... Like oh, on yeah. his person. Oh yeah, I mean, if I didn't want, if, if for whatever reason I didn't want us to succeed for a while, then yeah, it would be wise to hold stuff um, that you don't want to use. Or, this like, sounds like the best game ever. It is. The thing is, it, it was really complicated to describe, to, to explain the rules, because it's a bit it's a bit of a weird setup, and there's a lot to remember, considering it's quite a simple game. But it is really, really good fun. Um, and I did like the fact that it, it... The fact that, unlike in some games where you people might have a secret agenda... Um, in this, like you know, people do like so you know that they love and hate somebody, and there's a, there's a chance. I mean, what happened to me was I was relying on the fact that this person, the person one of the people we're playing with, way too early on, was just stopping being a bit nice to me, and she was like, "Oh yeah, I'll help you out if you do this." But she she was trying to pretend that there was a deal in it, like, "Oh, but you need to do this," and I was just like, "No, you you've got the card that says you love me, which means I'm gonna be really like I'm basically like." Uh, she was trying to go- bargain with me and be like, look, you've got to do this and then I'll help you. And I was like, nope, nope. I just refused to negotiate because I thought, it doesn't matter because you want me to live. So all of these <laughs> threats are in vain. You're not going to kill me because you want me to live. But unfortunately, she also had the hate cards. I mean, she got half as many points for killing me as she would have done for saving me. But I pushed my luck too far. Wow. <laughs> and she decided to take the hit and just oh go kill God. me. Jeez, this okay. This so shut up and sit down. Tentatively recommends like yeah. I, I mean, it was a bit hard to explain, and but it seemed to work really well. It was really nice. I like the fact that as the game ran out, you, you get to a point where actually you just run out of cards in terms of stuff you find floating in the ocean. Oh, what was the thing you mentioned? Someone in your game won despite being dying and being thrown. Yeah, out of oh, that's the amazing thing. Is basically at the end of it, it's who's got the highest point score, and you can still win even if your character is dead. If the people who you loved are still alive, mm-hmm. um, if the people who you hated died, and if you've got anything you have in your pockets when you... Basically, the idea is that you don't actually die immediately. When you run out of health tokens, you fall unconscious. And then it means you're still in the boat, right? But if you then get knocked out of the boat when you're unconscious, then you drown. So it means okay. technically you could be unconscious, but... but all right, but no. But then eventually you'll uh, you'll wash up on a beach, and the stuff that's in your pockets will obviously go to your family. Wow, which is really dark. Because as a kid, I had a lot of money in my pockets, but uh, unfortunately, the kid didn't survive. It's cool. It's, it it has a lots of. It really evokes themes of like kind of. Um, I don't know. Towards the end of the game, things just feel desperate. You're running out of stuff. You yeah. drunk all the water. You know there's no more water in the deck because there's no more deck to draw from. Wow. People might have water and you think they've got it. And Oh, my God. And there's oh, three yeah. med kits in the game, yeah. but only two have been used, so someone's got a med kit. <laughs> and it's, it does do that kind of cabin fever. Oh, that's interesting. It's a cool game. I'd like to play it See, again. I like City of Horrors, kind of um, the secret cards that everyone holds back, but that mechanic is that it's most fun when, you know, you've got someone who's got explosives and they have the opportunity to shoot down the water tower and kill everyone in it but you know you have so few of those cards that you know yeah. players will just run out but the idea that you have a more uh, organic kind of refreshing drawing new cards using cards losing cards that sounds like a lot and it's, of fun. it's constant and the thing is you're constantly forging alliances and trying to work out when people are helping you out because you've owed them a favour or when people are helping you out because they need to for their thing and also the really interesting mechanic that you you quickly realise early on that the person who you love who you're going out of your way to try and keep alive 
might want you dead. Yeah. Like, yeah. Which is kind of difficult to reconcile with. Mm. Um, it, it is cool. It's cool. Well, let's let's take let's take the listeners on a journey. Let's imagine they're uh, in this lifeboat. They fall out of the lifeboat. That they start sinking. Their clothes are too heavy. Take them away. The sun is just glinting. You're dead. You're, get, dead. you're dead. You're going. It's darker. It's darker. You float all the way to the bottom of the ocean. Oh my God, mermen's. It's shitloads of mermen because now we're in the world of abyss, which is set in an abyss at the bottom of the sea. Like based on James Cameron's film Abyss. Yes, about the abyss, and also based on James Cameron's journey into the sea. And what he found there, and based on Walt Disney's The Little Mermaid, is Bruno Cathala's Abyss. And so this yes. is this is an interesting game. This is this caught my eye. Anyone who reads the news would have seen me shouting about it because the box is just a big fishy face with no logo on There's it. There's two different boxes. There's five different. There's boxes. five different boxes. Yeah, all with different fishy faces. I and want the wow. one that looks like the big hard man fishy face. Yeah, that's the one they're advertising it with. Slardar. From, Slardar. It looks like Slardar from Dota. Anyway. Yeah. So uh, no, it's so what have we got here? This is it's a game. I, I had trouble piecing together what the actual game was when I was reading about mm. it and I've since figured out why <laughs> people were because it talked loosely about oh you're all undersea lords and there's politics and you're collecting sets and something 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 and you're all trying to be crowned king of the under the sea yes but then I started seeing some complaints saying it's basically a card game that's been heavily over designed and I think that's a boring way of saying it's the prettiest card game I've ever played it's uh, thematically is total nonsense I think there's about half a half a paragraph in the manual well no there's nothing in the manual it's on the back of the box if you want Um, actual theme but yeah, it is a card game about uh, collecting cards, using some cards to get other cards that are more powerful, and then assembling sets of cards that might be worth points. Yeah, but I mean, every single... so Which, which isn't a bad thing, of course, but basically, it's almost like you don't actually need the plot or the theme. Of you don't, but you do. Like, here's the thing. People were complaining, you know, saying, like, all this theme amounts to nothing, all the art amounts to nothing, it's just a card game. And I don't think that's true. Because every location that you... We'll, we'll go back a bit. The game okay. has sort of three currencies, loosely. Uh, on a turn, you might explore, which sort of involves going through a very small deck of cards. And as you reveal cards, other players can buy them off you, or you can claim them, or you can keep going and keep exploring. I um, mean, if you explore for long enough, you must take the final card, but then you get a pearl. And these, pearl, these cards are mostly small, sort of undersea denizens. You might get a crab card or a seahorse card. Jellies. When, jellyfish. Jellies. Tons of jellies. Powerful jellies. And then you use these small cards when you have enough. You can instead spend your turn to buy a lord, who's a much bigger card with a beautiful piece of artwork. You know, there's like 30 of these absolutely gorgeous oversized and the cards. it's really good on these. It's stunning. Although generally, uh, throughout the whole game, it's actually really high quality. Yeah, I mean, the board isn't used for anything other than just... A sort of, it's a placemat, really. You know, all mm. it has is slots to show you put some cards here. You don't need it. You do not need the board to play this game. But That's true. It's... it's so transporting. It's You're showing a, the big arena with all the fish and jellies in yeah, it. I did, have a, I did have a point towards the end where obviously because you get these locations, which uh, I, locations I couldn't understand. Being the third thing. So once I you have enough, understand laws, why they were so big at first, and then it's clever where they are. You get to the minute, but I just found myself staring at one of, about half of the game and just being like, "Oh!" Like, I, got, I got really into <laughs> being like, "Look at this cool thing." Lovely pictures. Yeah, so fun. You've got so you work your way from like you have five crabs and you spend your five crabs on a big lord who's pretty. And then when you get three lords with her who have keys on them, yes, uh, then you the find get a location which is an even bigger, thick piece of cardstock. And there's a whole deck of these again with unique art. Like the first thing I got was the the abyss from the game Abyss, which is just the very bottom of the very bottom of the sea, which is a horrible place with anglerfish and stuff. So you kind of use each sequential currency to buy a bigger thing, and then different things are just worth victory points, and you can get the most victory points. And you can you can uh, essentially try sort of collecting sets, or you can try grabbing a location that makes some of the 
the right, lords like that you've an example being and... Matt got a throne room who he was able to pick one lord and double the points that mm. that lord was worth I think what I liked about it was uh, I mean I've, I've got I've minimal experience we'll, we'll probably do like a review with another player we only did give a quick play I should say yeah but... we, we just give it one game and I'm definitely looking forward to playing it again. yeah well, so we'll give some impressions now and then probably review it in a bit yeah but I, I like the way that it was you know it wasn't that thing I, I kind of have sometimes with, with Eurogame style things of being so confused by all the sprawling options it always felt like uh, I didn't have a huge amount of options at any one time mm. but it was always manageable to be able to just work out like what's the optimal thing I can do right now to get the most points. Based on what your secret plans are. Based on well, yeah, you have to adapt your plans based on what the buildings that appeared were, and like you know, you'd be like, oh, I could use that multiplier. Yeah. I like the way that when you if you choose to dig into the buildings and and choose from like three or four, then you had to put the rest out face up. So for other players, you're kind of giving other players more of an opportunity to create strategies. But I also like the fact that because you're all buying lords from the same set there is a degree of tactics of when you buy lords and 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 having to rush for them because everybody at certain points clearly wanted the same yeah, one. Yeah, a person who has a particular skill. And it being like, yeah. are they going to get the jellyfish before I get the jellyfish needed for this? Yeah, yeah. And then even the thing I really liked was the way that when you paid for a lord, the, the lowest card number... The lowest denomination you use of the cards you then kept as a victory point, yeah. That went towards your victory point. So if you could pay exclusively with really rare jellyfish, then yeah. you get bonus points. So you ended up like even when you had a hand of lots of these cards, it wasn't just like oh I've got loads of ones, so I'll spend my six ones to get this six thing. You'd be like, can I spend two threes because then I get to keep three points for my end score? There was lots of little funny things going on, and it was a sort of game where. I enjoyed it, but because we only saw about half of the lords, I think. Yeah. Maybe slightly more. I, I kind of I, at the end of the game, I, I very much wanted another go. Yeah, it was tricky. It's like Fair it enough. almost blinkers you. It's very sort of like sort of murky and dark. You're only at any one point faced with one decision of like, do you want to do this? And you go, oh, I don't know about that. And the game says, are you sure? And you go, yeah. And then the game keeps going with what? It's a lot of sort of risk reward, a lot of caution, a lot of. Mostly beautiful art. I would say just instinctively, my the people who go, oh, it's just an over themed card, over designed card game. If you're looking at that box and all that art, and you don't see the appeal in having something that beautiful and big and boisterous on your table, then maybe it's not for you. But for I think there were there were other things. There were things going on there that I thought made it slightly more than a card game, like the way that when you when you kept drawing cards to go and. Um, explore the deep seas yeah. when you found every time you found a monster you could choose to either take the reward that was at the current level or push the reward level up <laughs> meaning that you're like oh I don't really want that but then if you leave it then it means the next person who finds a monster is going to get something better and yeah, it, yeah. Yes, it can keep yeah. a lot of passive up. aggression in a really nice way and also the way that I find often with these things I don't know how it would play with because we played with four people didn't we we played with four with yeah. four which Actually, is the player limit was, oh is it yeah, oh, right. well, that's, oh that's, yes I'm kind of pleased about that because I often find games that let you go higher kind of dilute. Yes. It felt like the right number of people actually. As I think well. it would it be wasn't... really interesting with two. I think yeah. because all those passive aggressive decisions become a lot more direct with yes. two. Yes. Mm. Yeah, like there is the... an amount of sort of you can do a thing that sabotages someone next turn mm-hmm. or vice versa. I think the thing... like indirect stuff. Oh, sorry, sorry. Sorry, go on. I was just going to say, I think the, the thing I like most about it is I find sometimes with games like that where you're all sharing the same pool of stuff. Um, it can feel a bit like when it gets around to your time turn again. You feel like oh, everything I planned is is it's gone. Yeah, yes. and that's a really frustrating thing I find with some games yeah. like this. But there was enough different things you could do that that didn't happen as often as I hoped it would. It was, yeah. it was gentle. I think it was like it's it's it felt almost like Seven Wonders in that kind of like 
you're just playing cards and there's a lot going on, but actually anything you do on a given turn will be good. It's and funny that you say that because it actually may... The thing, the game it makes me think of most is Seven Wonders. For the Seven Wonders has really good quality art and it's got similar, you know, good quality production values. Uh, you're often trying to collect sets of things or uh, buy cards yeah, that bounce off other cards or that boost each other or put a bunch of things together so they become more powerful. And you know what? Seven Wonders has... Uh, well, yeah, I, tentatively, because we're not sure, we're going to give it another play, but the fact that Seven Wonders has received so many expansions and just become broader, I would love to be the king of my undersea abyss world, just you know, buying more and more expansions and making the game madder ah. and full of more crazy fish art. And the pearls, should we mention the pearls? Of course, well, the, the pearls pearl are real pearls. Thrills. They're not real pearls. It comes they, with are. Re- it, it, they are. It comes with about 50 real pearls. Right, so expensive. Yep. Uh, and you can put the and of course pearls are round so instead of like putting them in front of you they would roll around like you like, swirl them around in your cup you have and a your cup of pearls and then when people buy things off you they drop pearls, pearls into your cup uh, and you drop pearls everywhere and the pearls go on the floor and they go around the table and if that and... doesn't excite you then Abyss isn't for you there's but... a lot of really subtle moving pieces in there. I think that's what I appreciate the most it's, I think it's the, designed isn't it I think the best games are the ones where you don't actually have to explain that many rules but then you start to realise stuff that you you don't have to tell people that, but it's even the fact that every time you discover creatures when you're exploring that you leave the way they all go into separate parts. Oh, that was yeah. great. It becomes this thing of being like, it looks like there's loads of crabs, there's four crabs, but you've remembered that they're all ones, so it's not really worth going for. And there was nothing more tense sometimes than being like, that's just one squid card, but it's a squid card worth four. Like, <laughs> so do yeah. I, yeah, do it's I... Like, no one's picked it up please don't pick it up and then somebody <laughs> the turn before you takes it as their turn and you're like damn it I'll and that's, that's the same thing that I kind of get from, from Seven Wonders of there's a couple of different options in front of me every turn a couple of different cards yeah it limits your world down to just a, it's like what Memoir yeah. 44 did and yes. like Memoir 44 makes a war game accessible by giving you three things you can do on a turn and you pick one of those things then it gives you two things you can do with that card Yeah. and this is similar it crunches down a big heavy economic game into just you got a couple of things you can do which one like almost like the way they design the London Underground, weirdly, is you only ever are presented with um, a sort of almost a binary decision. Like the way it's it's designed is really interesting. And it, I saw a documentary on this because I'm boring. But when you uh, arrive at the station, it goes district line this way or northern line this way. And then you follow that. And then only after you've followed that stream, it goes northbound this way, southbound this way. And yeah. you do that. And only after that are you allowed to look at a map. Because if you were ever given a map at any point before that, you people stop. stop. And yeah. they read it and get in the way, and it's it's like that kind of school huh. of. That makes sense. Do you want a Do you want a jellyfish or a crab? I want a jellyfish. Okay. Do you want a jellyfish <laughs> lord? Or, I, don't, I, don't I mean, know. finally, I said I said the thing. The other thing I really loved was the way that the buildings were these big chunks of cardboard. Because I find often with these games, especially if you know what you're doing, quite early on, I was beasting you guys because I got a really nasty combination of. Of oh, lords. Yeah. oh yeah, you had the lucky. guy that made everything more expensive for, for us. everybody yeah. else. So I had a combination of lords, which were just having these passive effects that were really, really making me more powerful than everyone else by quite a chunk. But then, as soon as you have, they've kind of balanced it. So not every lord you buy has a key in the corner of it. But then, after a while, you end up buying when you have three keys, you have to put a building over them, and it covers up their abilities. You so pave it, over everything you've achieved up to that yeah, point. So basically yeah, so basically it cuts the game into like almost acts, but different acts for every player. So you have one player who'll be very powerful, but then if they want to progress, and if they want to get into the state where they're going to be able to maybe win in the end game, they need to then, they need to basically ditch. You need to choose a time yeah. to go, I've got a huge advantage, but I'm not going to be able to win in, unless I'm willing to Tuck discard this Because <laughs> you literally just lose all those powers, but then you have to. And choosing the time to do that and when to... 
amass some money and when to push forward. I don't know. Yeah. No, there's lots it's and lots going. to talk about. I think it's smart. And uh, I think we can tell everybody at home. We'll be bringing you a review yes. as soon as it's actually we'll, on we shelves. Will, uh, because it's not yet, Yeah, is this it? is one of those Gen Con copies we've got. And what we've decided to do with all of our Gen Con games is only do the reviews on Shut Up and Sit Down when you guys can all buy them. Because <laughs> otherwise we're just... It's a time. It it's a, a timely reminder. Well, I don't know about that. What? Let's talk about another <laughs> game. Let's talk about. Uh, Let's not talk about that ever again. Okay. What uh, kind of game did we just? Should we talk about uh, another ex- game people are excited about, which is Samurai Spirit? But okay. ooh, one of us didn't like it. Ooh. Which mysterious? If you can guess, in which the next, which guy? Write your write answer. Write down your answer and on the post back of it your in. Head and now. if we get it, have we got why didn't answers? you like Samurai Spirit? Uh, why are you starting on me? <laughs> <laughs> He's got got a good reason. I'll keep it simple. I didn't really like Samurai Spirit because it was a team game, and yet because of defending a cool village from cool bandits. And don't get me wrong, I love the theme. I love the art. I loved everything. I was I was really ready to love it. I love the idea of having to play this numbers game of. of, It's blackjack, isn't it? Really, sort of blackjack with samurai. It is, but but the thing is, um, I didn't like the fact that because you never actually have a hand of cards. Um, it always felt a bit like you never felt like I never really felt like the choices I was make were making were very well, um, well measured. You know, it was like I, it's really hard to describe. because no, there's so many moving pieces. It's going tricky on. when you get down to a level of game design that's this thin. But basically, like you would, it's you would have to make the decision of whether to hit or not on a given turn, and you draw a card, and then after that, the decision's kind of made for you. I think yes. it's the way that the rolls. Yeah, that's the thing. Is basically it was like, do I? I mean, the way it panned out for me was I was playing a character who was a bit more of a supporting character because mm. I had an ability which basically was really useful to give to the other characters to other people. And this is a smart idea. It means that your special ability is always active for you, but you can choose as your go instead of playing your go. Just giving this little token from your sheet to another player, then it means they get to which be a superhero. Does mean that, however, one bandit slips through the defences and may or may not burn a barricade. Which is there are three tiers of things you need to yeah. protect in the village: yeah. Yeah. walls, yeah. and then farmhouses, and finally families behind that. It's a. Re- I really like the idea, the concept of of you being a team of uh, samurai or team of warriors who defend this village, and the village has actual little tokens that represent the families and the barricades around the village and the farms farms and everything and you can actually remove those tokens and revealing artwork on the board itself which is a burned farmhouse that shows stuff has been trashed and you've got a deck of these bandits that you're constantly uh, there's an element of pace and an element of very good representation there that you're always turning over more bandits and then you put them down uh, next to your sort of character board and say these guys I'm defending against these guys I knock out the game. These guys wound me. And that's it. You do have a quota. Like you do have a little yeah. quota of stuff to make up. Like you have to get, um, you have to put three on one side of your board, and then the rest of the to other protect ones. yourself and yeah. villages and yeah. families. So you but, do have to make decisions. But, but that's about it. That, that's I feel the that was the only yeah. kind of choices. I've got a card. Where do I put it right now? And do I give my special power to someone else or use it myself? And well, that's that's the thing. Is I kind of felt like the the problem I had was was the majority of the time the best decision I could make was for me to just simply give my ability... Like, most of the time. Some rounds I had to do other stuff. But most of the time, the best choice was me to just give my ability to Quint. (laughs) Because then he could, like, do amazing stuff with it. But it was like... I don't know, it's that weird thing. Like, I think a good co-op game has roles that, like... Well, it's either to do with having specific roles that allow, like, each person to have a kind of moment where they feel like they're the, the person who is needed to solve this yeah, situation. Yeah, that they are the sort of the crux or the or, keystone at that point. like, having a physical space to move around... So you have to have that sense of being like, you've got to get over here and that help That sense me. of your identity and where you are and what you're doing. Yeah, whereas really it just felt like most times I was like, well, 
I should just give my token to Quint. <laughs> yeah. And that was my go. My entire go was picking up a small piece of cardboard and handing it to Quinn. And we were playing so with three. Imagine. And you were having loads of fun because you were like fighting all these bandits and turning up, yeah, I killed another bandit, yeah. And I'm just like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I was kind of happy that I'd helped you kill all these bandits, but <laughs> I felt like I didn't need to be there. I yeah. felt like I could have gone to the toilet and you could have just played me. Well, you me. could have. And like the one player, ver- it's funny, you look at the one player rules in the game and it says, just use the two player rules. And the, so really you're just, you are piloting two characters at that yeah. point. Yeah. Um, I think the game itself that we might have been missing, or like yeah. maybe that might have been more obvious with a different character selection with four people, or if we were better at the game, is that you're meant to sort of perceive ways that the things synergize. Like we were noticing maybe a bit late. This is me defending the game. I could no, be no, wrong. No, of course, no, of course, yeah, yeah. Um, you're meant to notice. Oh, so for example, the power you're talking about that you had is uh, all the characters have numbers, and a bandit is numbered from one to four, and then five when the lieutenants arrive, and six in the final round when the bosses arrive. You draw a card, it's a four, You then your total is then four. Next time maybe you draw another, it's a three, your total is now seven. If you ever go bust by going over your character's number, you have to pass, you're overwhelmed, and that's yes. terrible. But if you can get to the exact number, the pinch point, the number before you go bust, you get a superpower and you kill a bandit out of your queue. So it's all about, it's blackjack and trying to get to that number, and I think it's about using the maths of... Oh, well, we had one round where it was like I could witness what might have been the genius of this game, whereby I, we looked around and we went, Quinn's needs a one, or he goes, or he's just out the game. Yeah. But hey, look, there are no ones on the table. We haven't seen any ones out the deck yet. Let's risk it. Oh, it's a one. Oh my God, superpower. Remove this, do this. And then maybe next turn, Paul can use his power. And I think you do have to try and see a couple of turns ahead, which yeah. might happen more with more characters. I have a feeling that if you had four or... F- I mean, it goes up to, what, seven? Well, it's seven samurai, yeah. Uh, four, five, We were three six. samurai, which would have been a worse movie. Oh, oh yeah. speaking of which, we should... We, we've got more games to I cover. still think the problem is that there's a bit of... There's, there's too much foresight required, you know? Because it's like, I like the interaction, but it requires you to basically go... Like, we basically lost the game because my character died. And my character yeah, this, died. Was, this was a disappointing rule. Well, my character died just because of the fact that, like, I, there were two times in a row where usually the choice, the only choice you really get most of the time is, is when you've drawn that card, you can choose to either put it on the left-hand side of your card, which means you don't have any of the effects, but you can only do that if certain symbols appear, or put it on the right-hand side. Yes. I had two cards in a row where, because they were special cards, I wasn't allowed to put them on the other side, so I didn't have a choice. And I we drew didn't two have any, cards yeah. where all I could do was put them in front of my character... And there was nothing anyone could do about it, including yeah. me. We and didn't have any me. way to handle it. And it was just like, it's kind of annoying when after you've drawn the thing, you don't have a choice. There's no like, oh, what do I do here? And then that immediately ends the game, because if yeah. one player dies... Well, and that see, was an unfortunate thing. See but... now, though, here's the thing, because you couldn't... That card that ended up wounding you and losing the game, two things. Yeah. First off, you were all, you'd already lost half of your wounds by that point. Mm-hmm. Second thing, you'd already filled up the slot where you could have put it to defend No, I couldn't, because it was one of the... The thing was with the boss characters... Was he a boss? Yeah, yeah. Well, the last one I got was a boss character. And the boss characters, you have to just put them on, on the right side. Ah, uh, okay. There's no choice. It's basically, with a boss character, it's going to hurt you. And there's Oof. nothing you can do about that. Unless one of the other players can trigger one of their special things by doing the blackjack. So here's the thing that made me love Ghost Stories, which was Antoine Bowser's previous cop game, that we still do love, but it's way more complicated than this, even though it's similar... Well, it's so much bigger. I mean, we should probably point out, by the way, this is quite a small, portable yeah, I thought, kind of game. Yeah, I thought Seven Samurai was a big box, and then it, and then someone gave it to me at the con, and it's like, it's tiny. It's, it's a like card game with a tiny sort of the middle The size of a sandwich. Board. And I like that. I think it's that's gorgeous. It's and it's beautiful. It's, it, I definitely don't let that put you off it. It's just cheaper and it's nicer. But here's the thing. So Ghost Stories, you know, whenever I got frustrated with it, and whenever it kicked my ass, um, I, I, I stopped that when I found out that Antoine Bowser said, like, 
oh yeah, he can beat it on Legendary every time. He can beat it on Heroic or whatever the highest difficulty is. And he was at a convention, some fans came up and said, can you show us how to beat Ghost Stories? And he was like, yes. And being, he was French and he taught them and he was French and they won. And then, so I feel like this game has, without question, it's got to have the same thing. He says it's harder than Ghost Stories, but it also has a heroic setting. We were playing on normal. Yeah. And if there is a way to reliably beat it on normal and hard and sometimes heroic, I'm, I'm not quite inclined to, to say that we couldn't have done anything yet. Because if you can beat it on the hardest difficulty settings, I'm sure we did something wrong. It's possible. And I think, I know, I'm not saying it's possible, actually. I'm sure that's true. But I think the problem is. Um, and this is, I mean, none of this makes what you experienced in Valor. No, no, no. I, no, I'm not saying that. Uh, basically, I think the, the problem is, in the same way that Pandemic has this issue, it felt like so much on on a on a play by play basis. On every turn I had, I felt like I had very little agency, and it was very reactive. Yeah. Yes. But I, I can see that there is a game, but the game isn't to do with instead of taking cards, using your powers to give your powers to other people. And basically, the game is in working out ways that you can chain all of your goes together. Yes. But it's, I don't know, it's a funny thing, because it's like, I get it, and it is it is a cooperative game in the truest form, because really, my mistake was I was not supposed to have any sense of agency or, or attachment to my character in the slightest. We all I should was, have been working together. Like, the characters are almost irrelevant. It's yes. about discussing and figuring out... It's about working out the, the way to the other. puzzle. Which is a big shame. But I just couldn't get into it, because I really wanted to be my cool fox dude. I, <laughs> I tell you what I felt like. I felt like one of the rubbish... Ninja Turtles, depending on... I'm not going to name one, because I know which one I think is rubbish, but everyone's got different ones. I know which... Mine's Donatello, personally. Oh, I thought you were going to name the rubbish. I mean, why are you going to name it? Michelangelo is the worst. Yeah, I'm, he I'm, is. I'm 50-50 between Donatello and Michelangelo. They are the worst. Michelangelo had a samurai sword, so... Yeah, yeah but he had nunchucks. You know what's crazy? In that he, oh, God, yeah. Leonardo had any of the bladed weapons in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you never actually see them use it in the cartoon ever. Like, Leonardo will draw two swords and then just kick people for the entire cartoon because they can't show him cutting anyone I with a sword. I never noticed I didn't know until someone... Po- it's like how people had to point out to me that in Power Rangers, all the kaiju monster stuff is actually from the original Japanese version, which is why it has a slightly weird grainy quality. Wow. Whereas they filmed all the uh, live-action stuff with American actors for the... Of English course. Version. Yeah, there you go. Of course. How bizarre. But um, yeah, it, it kind of felt like that. It felt like um, I just, yeah, I was like, I want to be my character. I wanted to like, but I didn't feel like, I felt like, and, and the thing is, I, I feel now, this is the thing, is when I died, the moment I died, the reason I died, right, was because for almost every other turn, I'd just been giving my power to Quinns because it was the best thing to do. Mm. And then it was like, that turn, I just thought, oh, I'm bored of that. I'm, bo- <laughs> I'm bored of just passively not being involved in this game. And I took a card and it killed me because I shouldn't <laughs> have taken the card. And I just, I'm not even saying it's a criticism. I think it's just I couldn't get my head into that mindset. Uh, should we talk about a game that is genuine bullshit? Oh, is that now? My your, word. Is that where you stand now? Uh, yeah, I think so. This is say bye to say the bye villains. to the villains, which is by Seiji Kanai, who invented Love Letter. And say bye, this is in the manual, is a pun. Is, is a Japanese phrase for vigilante justice. You know, I quite, I don't know, I quite enjoyed that. I don't. Well, think it's, I don't think it's genuine bullshit. <laughs> well, okay, so this is this is a game where we have uh, we have to take on what three bosses? No, three bosses. One boss per player. There were three players uh, playing, so we had to take on three bosses, which are all uh, crime bosses defended by a series of what are initially a hidden challenges. Three crime boss cards you lay out. A bunch of other cards face down sit in front of them, and those are challenges or obstacles or opponents we have to overcome, but we don't know what those are yet. And we're all playing sort of, uh, I don't want to say samurai, because we're not all samurai. No, we're, we're like, just guys. We're just people, we're but just with secret nighttime With special powers. Things. I think this might be a Japanese genre as well, like the whole kind of 
slightly sinister crime story because it definitely has a dark edge to it. You're not heroes. You're just mean dudes who hurt other mean dudes. Yeah, and actually there's an interesting plot twist related to the guy that you tried to hit, but we can talk about that in, in a few moments. But yeah, basically we have what? We have ten turns. You have, ten, have, ten, you have ten abstracted time. time units that I chose, I told you guys were days because I thought that was more thematic. That makes, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Ten days until maybe there's a, a new moon and it's perfectly dark and you go and you kill these people. <laughs> Why don't we write these manuals? Go and on. I mean, have, the thing is, yeah, I will say, I will say off the bat, the thing that was absolute bollocks about this game was the manual. And the fact oh, yeah. that basically, I actually quite enjoyed the game, but there were too many rules that we just weren't clear on, and there was too many. And even you looked up on um, on some, you know, the, oh, yeah, a number the, of there were loads of people em- had questions and no answers. Empty rule threads, um, yeah, which was kind of like frustrating because I was kind of actually getting quite into the game, and then I was just the fact that we didn't know the answers to how to I play. Would, I would go further than that and say that's actually like a that's a deal breaker for me. I can't no. recommend a game where it's like. We spent half of our time playing it, looking at facts. being a little bit baffled about exactly yeah. how certain That's things. I, I, I wouldn't say I could recommend it on that basis to most know, but I, I, I did quite like well, it. Well, it's really interesting. You've got the, you've got these ten sort of units of time, uh, which you can you can do things like draw cards, or you can play cards, or you can use your character's special ability, and all of these things cost a certain amount of that time currency. Yeah. So you've only got so much time to train or to. Uh, one of my cards was just think. I just spent two <laughs> days thinking, which allowed me to draw two more cards. Uh, but, you know, to plan and prepare and maybe recruit, grab resources or, or whatever you do before you go for these people and you start turning over the cards in front of them to see what your obstacles are. And obviously part of the challenge or part of your way of solving the challenge can be to turn over some of those cards in advance, mm, mm. try and eliminate them or just know what's coming. So through. the initial puzzle that we immediately found is Paul was playing uh, the sort of the, the, the bar playboy. Fly? The, the playboy, playboy, right. So, and mean one of our villains who we decided Hi. that my character would go after was just this corrupt political official. <laughs> so you use your power, you spend two days, which lets you look, not reveal to everyone, but just look yes. at all six or what ludicrous number of obstacle cards are in my way. And you sort of looked at the first one and went, oh dear. And what you were seeing was like a samurai was protecting him, then yes. a bodyguard was protecting him, and a bodyguard yes. and a samurai. And there's a really simple system of every villain and vanquisher has speed, health, and attack. Speed, power, and life. Speed, power, yes. and life. And whoever has the highest... And so all these samurai and bodyguards were giving him more power and life. So you need... And then whoever has the highest speed comes Attacks to the end of first. the game. And then yeah. if you have enough attack to kill them, you've won. Uh, but then it rapidly became apparent that like with this many samurai, I would have to hit first, and with the force of four hundred men to actually get it was. Ve- but like, then it was you, hard. You think is, I think we because we, we played with that guy that we weren't supposed to play with that guy. It's not like we kill either of the other two. No, we didn't, but we were closer. <laughs> I just got shot. I just the thing is <laughs> immediately got shot. Yeah, your playboy climbed in through the window and got shot, and Matt very nearly had his target escape through a I, secret passageway. That was insane. When how? did we find that invade the fence basically yeah one of the cards I decided to turn over towards the end because I suddenly realised basically I realised towards the end of the game we did have a rules problem but I think that was because of an unusual because I've looked through the deck and there weren't actually that many cards that did the thing of of taking off days because I think usually the the problem of running out of cards wouldn't be a problem it was just I did some weird stuff but anyway I I suddenly realised I thought we'd been playing this wrong I think and I think the way we'd been playing it wrong was we'd spent we'd spent quite a lot of time trying to buff up our characters to make them strong enough to take on the bad guys. Well, I got the impression that actually it was more a game of 
actually investigating all of these cards, investing in what they had, and then removing the really bad things. Mm. Um, because the, some of the things that were really bad were so bad, and one of them, I, <laughs> one of them I happened to flip over was, uh, it was escape route. And yeah. it was secret just, escape passage. It added ninety nine to their speed. So which they basically, oh no, life. No, to their life. Yeah. Which basically means it's the idea of being like you hit them and they run off. Well, you just yeah, they just they get away. But there is one of the cards you can get for your character is a training card that gives you plus... Because for each of the three stats, speed, health, and attack, there is one that's plus infinite. <laughs> so technically, yes. if you got the plus infinite power, it wouldn't matter that there's an escape route because you would chase them, them down so hard <laughs> to the end of the earth. But of course, you can't... I mean, the decks are quite big. The decks of your potential abilities and the decks of their potential... Uh, the obstacles are in front of you. are both quite big decks yeah. with a lot of stuff in, and you can't... You don't have time to cycle those and expect anything I to really like up. the theme of it. I like the theme of the idea of you, you all being a bit rubbish... And then, be, but there being so many secret things you've got to get past, and this investigating it is who you what you're up against. But no, it didn't. It didn't quite. It wasn't as clear as it should have been by a long way, and, and it, it was frustrating. It just felt completely unpredictable. It what, felt like, what am I going to face? How am I going to deal with it? I've like, run out of time. The thing is, I mean, I don't know about you, but I had a couple of cards that were specifically for looking at all of the cards, and I just didn't use them. That so, seems like something you should have used <laughs> in retrospect. Ah. I, I thought it was more about like trying to get our characters to be powerful, and then I realised that actually it was better to investigate. Well, that um, this is it just felt like nonsense to me. Like, I mean, you so you decide to use your ability to look at all the cards because that makes sense, and you spend three days doing it, and you flip the cards, and it says, "Ah, oh, because you flip the cards, now they know you're onto them, and so they're going to put down two more cards." Or alternatively, you might decide to buff yourself up to super strength, which is what I did, and then they've got a <laughs> hidden gun and just shoot you in the nose as soon as you well, show the, the up. Final card you reveal the very end after going through all the cards that actually said, "Actually, he's a good guy." Yeah, that was a, amazing. No, I, I cannot brook this kind of stuff. I, I just can't deal with it. But I, I did adore the theme, and the one thing it did. But that's it, the thing is, it's like we act like the thing is that yeah, that probably my fault for not playing those cards. But they weren't these weren't all like things we couldn't have found out. Like we, we just didn't really look at that many of the but cards. But if we did, when, the times we did look, we got punished for it, which was insane. I uh, know, but that, I mean, if we'd looked at mine, I would have got amazing buff. Do you remember? Yeah. Yeah, so you would have got the buff. That was kind of maybe luck of the draw. I don't know. Mm. Well, yeah, but this is the thing. It's luck of the draw. It's not risk management, which is what it needs to be. It's just, it does feel am like, I going no, to get dicked? Right, right. Very much like luck no, of the draw. No, which is fun. Like, you know, someone like Munchkin, even though I don't like it, gets away with it because you know that... It, or Wizwar. You know every turn's going to be nonsense and it's just trying to weather that storm. Whereas this is like... It has the trappings of a really difficult, intense cooperative Plan game. Plan carefully. Plan carefully. You can spend your entire turn and lose yeah. all of your days giving one card to another player and then they try and use it. It's, no, they've been dicks. Ha 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 He was a good guy all along. Ha ha ha. No, no. I'm not... I don't want to spend my time doing but that. But then... I mean, all right, we're not too excited about that. But then we played... What did we play? Oh, Pandante! <laughs> Sorry, I'm a, old and having a stroke. A bit better. It was... And to be honest, better than I thought, because I initially looked at it, and Pandante is sort of a, a comical new version of Texas Hold'em Poker. Oh, well, this is... I'm going to look this up, because I'm not even sure it's available. We got sent a Kickstarter version. So while we're talking about it, I'm going to tell you guys whether you're being irrelevant or not. Oh, well, fine. I really like Pandante, but I'd say the biggest problem with Pandante is hidden right in the name. He should be called Panda Poker. 
Well, because the whole thing is just so full of its own terminology, so up its own arse that it just makes it a nightmare. To oh, learn. if you like win it. the gambit, you get a free. You must have a free breakfast before the splash. Yeah, you have the breakfast, then the splash, then the, the pause. Well, okay, the so tail, this is the problem. Just, <laughs> it should just be round one, round two, round three. There's a problem I have with this, and with uh, games that sometimes do that, that, where people start redesigning chess or redesigning poker, or you take an established establish framework for a game and you start tweaking it and changing it rather than beginning with something new that might be based on that idea the, maybe I'm just too old but I start looking at things and I go why have you changed the name of everything I, I know how to play this game and you've just you've well, rearranged it's not, the game it's just, for me it's and not, I'm now confused it's a bad design choice because it's like you're, you're trying to teach people a complicated variation of, of something that most people already know why not use the knowledge that people already have as groundwork to make it easier to yeah. explain your game? Like, why, but... it's it's like I mean, this is a really common problem in in video games of of being like, oh, it's not horde mode, it's whatever mode. Like, it's people just trying yeah. to trying to pretend that what they've created is wholly non derivative by and just then creating go, oh, language. It's, it's another tower defense game. Okay, it's not dealing cards. It's it's uh, breakfast. <laughs> that, like, I mean, why? all of this said, but no, I liked it a lot. I actually, I, I have kind of mixed feelings about it. I, I had a better time than I thought, and I quite liked it. And it's unlike, it, it has some cool changes, like unlike uh, most kind of poker games where either everyone would fold or you'll get to the end and you'll have a showdown. You don't actually get to the end and have a showdown. It's no. just you get to the end and someone says, I've got the best hand. And if no one feels like they're brave enough to challenge them... Then they just have. Then they're just done. Because and often it, the penalties for... Challenging, challenging someone and being wrong about their hand is probably larger than you had at stake in the yes. pot. And yeah. that's not money you lose, it's money you give to them. Yeah. And it's it's one of those things that I guess unlike poker, which can quite easily span out across an entire evening, uh, if you play a couple of two or three really good hands you've won, basically. Yes. Um so it does the games do wrap up quite quickly. Which surpri- I mean that also surprised me. Looking at the complexity of some of the rules and the new terms, I thought this is gonna go on for a while. But I wouldn't say I was particularly keen on it, but it was I enjoyed it more than I thought. And I, I'm a de- kind of dedicated poker player, and I was sn- turning my nose up at it, but well, I had th- fun with it. The thing I had trouble with was poker is a lot about sort of... It would, Texas Hold'em specifically, where half of your hand is visible on the table, is about figuring out a likely hand and then acting as if you have that hand. And on the bright side, Pandanti lets you say that you know, yeah. audibly. The thing that I found tricky about it is it really gave me a hard time of trying to figure out what to pretend I had and the numbers of that because yeah. when you introduce the special powers, like, you sort of do a round of betting then you do a round of betting and then just as it's almost normal poker, abruptly you're allowed to use the suits in your hand to, for example, force everyone to pay five gold or look yeah. at someone's hand. Yeah. Or, and that sort of I had real difficulty because I never had a good hand in the game which was obviously fine and with poker you can try and mitigate that but with this it became a really difficult mathsy puzzle to try and figure out what to pretend I had I didn't find that too hard I think maybe I'm just an idiot I don't know I mean I thought what was nice about it was all of the powers none of the powers actually changed they could add to what was there, but none of the powers changed it. If they had powers that let you like change cards on the table or mess with people's hands, it would be a nightmare. That would be maybe too much. But yeah. I like the way, like in one round, I actually I didn't end up winning. I had to go bust anyway. But I I bid that I had a full house, and I didn't. But then I just pretended to have an orange card, which allowed me to add another card to the cards on the table at the end, in the hope that then that would give me something. I didn't have an orange card. And obviously you had the chance, you could have called me out on that yeah. as well. And I guess if you've got to start with getting good at it, 
you that would be something maybe that you'd start to really obviously call out because it's somebody being desperate and being like, oh, I'm going to use an orange. It's like, oh, yeah, are you? Because like, <laughs> you haven't got what you need yeah, yet. Why else would you use an yeah, orange? Yeah, like... Um, I think that... Yeah, and then but then what we didn't encounter is the Panda Lords, where if yeah. you get... A, which is where the game becomes a parody of itself. Like, <laughs> it's sort of because if you... Get the high, if you win a pot by lying and prove you are lying by revealing your cards, you can enlist the power of a panda lord, who's one of the six suits in and the game. And they give you a sort of a one-off buff. It's not a one-off. Some of them are permanent. Oh, I thought you played some of them and returned them Some to of them, the... yes. Some of them, like oh. you know, Banby the green panda, will mean that only you can use the black cards now. Or like, well, the red one was bananas. It let you use the abilities of three cards and no one could challenge you. On it, and then you could use the colours of your hand cards. That's mad. But I think because the games went so quickly, that wouldn't be too annoying because it wouldn't be like, oh god, he's yeah, you wouldn't be red powers. Yeah, you basically, if you got a panda lord in the first round, chances are if you played it right, you'd probably win quite quickly. I saw a red panda in Indianapolis before we were <laughs> in a zoo. What was in it a doing? Tree. It was in a tree, being kind of nice, running up and down the tree, and some not very nice kids came past and couldn't. They were, they, were, they were like shouting at the bears and they came in and they couldn't see it and they left and I was quite glad because I got to see the red panda and they didn't and they just shouted at the animals Gutted. that they couldn't see. And... So the fancy... Sorry. <laughs> it's fine. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off quite. No, it's so... just red pandas came into is my head. Is it available? Uh, it is available to our American readers. There, there is a fancy deluxe version which you can get which costs what, which is what we were playing. That yes. is $100. Oh my goodness. Well, it's all the, the heavy-weighted poker chips and the fancy box which, by the way, our fancy box is already peeling for no real reason. So box I would... is peeling but the poker chips were good. The poker chips were good and, and I would say definitely contributed to our is, having fun. I'd say yes. if you actually had your own poker chips yep. already then you could probably buy the light version and just play with your own poker chips if yes. you buy the light version that costs $30 you can play with your own poker chips if you're into poker probably go you know what them. if you've got your own poker chips or if you don't mind playing with, with cheap beat pieces I'd actually recommend that for 30 bucks. and the main reason was I didn't think it was an improvement on poker but the thing I really liked about it is the two problems with poker is really it's a long game um, yes. and it's a game that you play overnight and often it is the wisest thing to just make small bets simple things pairs you know, and playing a long game, learning people, and it only is only fun with money. Whereas with this, it encourages you because it's not about who's got the highest hand; it's about who has claimed to have the highest hand and who's doing the craziest. And you get things. you get advantages. It, it, it's a game that really wants, it wants you, you to be silly, to be yes. cocky. It wants you to push and, and try. The best and... reward is when you win and you're lying, which is like it, it feels like it's a game where it's accelerators, so it doesn't go on for too long, and it's it's forcing you to play in cocky, aggressive ways, and to lie. You know what's tricky, though? And it's, it's just... Yeah. It, it, if it, it's a game that's rewarding you to be absolutely absurd. But not too absurd, but because also, otherwise you, you, it's really obvious that Yes, you're lying. but the thing is, is that uh, only one person can enjoy that game state. Because if someone takes your pot and your money and was lying, then that's going to be frustrating for the table. I mean, obviously, it can, there's an amount of, ah, oh, well done, and all that, but... It means everyone else is a de facto loser. Well, yes and no, and because if, it's your if, own fault for not calling them on it. Yeah, but even if, but if you do call them on it and they're wrong, then the person who was theoretically doing what the game wanted them to do is going to get penalised more than literally any other player. But that round. with the rules we were playing, you can't go under twenty. You can't get knocked out. Still, you can. You can true. As good as you can lose everything you've achieved up to that point from doing what the game wanted you to do and get called on it. Yeah, it's true. But I, I just I like the fact that I think the most exciting. Most exciting moments in poker are when people are doing an audacious thing and being called out on it. And I just like the way that it basically means that if you've just got a pair, 
you could start off being like, I've just got a pair, but then it's like, if you've got two other people or three other people who've made higher stakes than you, it means for you to have any chance of winning, it isn't just a case of you being the only person who's got a legitimate hand, it's that you have to then call everybody out on it. Yeah. yeah. It's not basically, I like the way it uses the framework of poker, but it isn't poker. It's, it is quite different. I like that too. I think that's awesome. But what I don't like is that it takes what I want from poker, which is, uh, sort of like a relatively smooth, easygoing, simple game, and jettisons that into the bin, and then says, "And now there are not one but two sets of powers that it, it gamifies <laughs> it to hell and back." And then I know it's, what like, you mean. It's, it's probably it's not as elegant as it could be. I'm going to um, use the purple power to look. And it's the thing is, I would, I would never, I would never play it instead of poker. Like right, I'm, yeah, that and that is a fundamental problem. I'm not sure I would. Well, either. No, 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 but I don't think that's necessarily a problem. Like because I think if I wanted to play poker, I'd play poker. But I think. But if I wanted to play a card game with powers, I would play any of the other stuff. I'd play. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was. A, I thought it was fun, and it was like. But I don't know. I'm, well, I, I'm really maybe it's because I'm ill this week. I'm just my brain's wired up wrong. Oh I'm no, really? No, I actually I like the fact that we're all disagreeing this week. Although it's <laughs> going to really confuse our readers who are probably hoping for some. You're going to have to wait for the actual reviews of the good games this week. Should point out that also Brendan's not here at all because he is ill. Brendan well. would be the tiebreaker, alas, and uh, he might have had some very wise thing to say about any of these games, or he could have. Everything could be different if he was here. <laughs> I'm. Have, we've got so I, actually the one thing I would say about Panda Poker, as I'm going to call it, is. You, it, it was it was quite fun to play without money, which is just not something you can do. With yeah, poker. yeah. I mean, that is one big yeah, difference. That I is agree. true. Uh, okay, so we I've been collecting questions apparently since the 9th of April. When someone sends me a, a question that's so good that even when we're not asking for questions like podcast stuff, I write it down. I've got five of them. Wow. And these are these are like question gold, frankly, that I've been sitting on. I've been sitting I'm on ready. My, my I'm ready gold. then. These had better be really good because otherwise I'm leaving. Right, we've got a question here from the sometimes lonely meeple. He says, Thank they you. say, sorry, uh, he or she, I'd like to ask what's been our presenter's favourite game to unbox? Hero Quest. Uh, while a game can be enjoyed for years and played by many, many people, only one or two people get to experience the act of unboxing each game. Uh, Hero Quest for you, huh? Why? Probably because you were a was, child. Because it was a child and it was one of the first and it had so much stuff in of uh, plastic things you punch, punch out, uh, figures that you, a couple of figures that you assemble. Uh, plastic stuff you take off sprues uh, sorry card things sprues. you punch out I hate sprues but uh, yeah but back then I didn't sprues and then lots and lots of cards and what I did I think I remember taking all the different cards in the game and just shuffling them into one big because <laughs> I thought there's, here's a deck of cards and that's what you do with them yeah, well, the last... we don't do that anymore do we <laughs> because we know now that there are many different cards in games oh I see yeah. but I, I was so excited by that and it was and I think still today it would still stand up as something that has a lot of exciting box content I've got a boring answer and it's Netrunner but you know like obviously I care so deeply about Netrunner now and like more so than I've ever cared about a game in my life because I play so well, much of it you're engaged more, more so than, than my parents Quinns and Netrunner have uh, be, become engaged we, we've got a special I'm announcement congratulations. I'm so happy for I'm going to be a loving wife to Netrunner and, uh, and take and care of it expect, you're expecting an expansion pack <laughs> I, I, I wish <laughs> you point. all the boxed wow boxed. you can be the best me Paul no, but that's I, I think that's a perfectly acceptable answer well, the thing to say is, Netrunner it's such an exciting game and the fact that every month I get a box and I can open it up and add it to my collecting of Netrunner cards that I cared so much about already it's just it's Fair enough. the never ending expansion joy train all aboard. <laughs> um, do you have an answer, Matt? I'm You're trying to think. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think it's probably. 
Uh, I seem to remember when I was a kid, it wasn't really, it was me and my, my brothers, but um, Space Hulk was, was something. Ah, There's a lot of things in just those boxes. That's quite good just too. looking at all those space marines and stuff. Yeah. All the possibility of tiny men and tiny aliens and, and what scrapes they're going to the get into. book full of missions, only which about four we'd ever play over yeah, and over again. But there's something to be said about opening a box and it's saying, here's all the fun you're going to have. And you go, yeah. Ah! And I think yeah. the other then, one... Probably Cosmic Encounter was just Ooh. looking at all okay. of the big cards yes. and 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 resisting. And that was kind of like, I don't know, it's weird. Like, you know, you, you, you don't as an adult have to resist things very often. You know, when you're a kid, you're not allowed to do things. Um, but generally speaking, I mean, unless you've got really weird desires, generally speaking in life, you can do most things you want to if you if you work out a way that that's okay. Um <laughs> It's, that's, that's a good rule of thumb to go by, right? Yes. You when, can. You, when you're a kid, it's like, well, you're not allowed to open that yet. It's not Christmas Day. Or, you know, you're not allowed chocolate biscuits before your dinner. Now it's like, if I want chocolate for my dinner, it's chocolate biscuit party. I'm going to have chocolate biscuit, like, no, I'm not. Oh. Uh, okay. Not mine. And that's, see, sometimes you can't. But you're an adult now. No, you but can. But I'm an adult, so if I want to, I can go and buy a whole pack of Kit Kats on the way home and I could just eat Kit Kats on a bus. Uh, so, I man. could do that. But, um, <laughs> but it's not often. Ambition that... in life, eat Kit Kats on a bus. But there's something quite exciting about when you have to moderate yourself, yes. you know? No, absolutely. And the thing with Cosmic was being like looking at all of these the back of all of these alien cards and being like oh I don't know what any of these are and I'm not gonna know I do that with bills yeah I just (laughs) what what could it be I'm never gonna look at it and it was just that excitement of of all of the games that we'd play and and all of the weird aliens that would come up and we'd go what how does that even work and uh, yeah uh, I got a question on my uh, Ask FM from uh, from someone uh, who didn't write down their name apparently because I'm good like that. If you could be shrunk down to the correct scale, which board game would you most likely to inhabit? Matt. Well, oh, don't throw him on the spot. We knew this question was coming. Um, yeah, I'm thinking Shelter, right? Let's be honest. So what game has like a house that I could... I was going to say Caverna. Caverna's two-dimensional though. But, like I'm sure uh, those horses and sheep and things look good. I was imagining are. that the game becomes kind of real and that you have a nice, neat little cave and it has all the rooms that you dig Poor, out. And that's it's like ridiculous. It's like Minecraft and you have some horses and you get a dog and you can get more dogs and you can go out and get more dogs every turn and just have all of the dogs and they're all running around <laughs> sniffing and like doing what dogs do, like occasionally laying on top of each other. Uh, I can't argue with that. It's, it's <laughs> got to be Caverna. So many of them are based on like history. So it's basically like you don't when in history do you want to be in Also that. Or fantasy or sci fi. I mean if you wanted to talk about like a sheltery type you could have Keyflower, which has half of a house. Keyflower does have half or of a Dixit, house. Dixit where you live in a melted clock in that space. <laughs> sort of like Salvador Dali and David Lynch would be yeah. the gods in that universe. Uh, I think I, I quite I was quite fond of the time I spent that afternoon uh, roaming around the desert on a giant scorpion murdering people. Oh Comet. Yeah, I so I, I, say, yeah. I mean I'd be quite up for that. That's yeah. bleak. I mean, be really it's weird. not really. Basically, what I'm saying is, I want to be in Stargate. <laughs> really, like giant dice pyramids. Or slash that film, The Mummy. Okay, or The Mummy Two. We'll end with the very best question because this, this, this really threw me for six, and I picked myself up at the floor and went, "This is a good question." Barak Ragwan. Uh, boy, did I just butcher that name. Uh, on Wednesday, 1602. Don't know which Wednesday. Um, Hi, guys. Love your show. I've recently wanted to get a question on your recent podcast, but I keep missing you on Twitter. This is all boring. I should have skipped this. Question <laughs> is, you often mention how much video games can learn from board games. What can board games learn from 
video, video games. games. I was trying to come up with something funny to end that with to take the rug out from under you, but that's Welcome. a very good question. Yeah, see, isn't which it? Is what people always mm. say in interviews when they don't have don't, an yeah, answer when they need <laughs> when they need stalling <laughs> no, time. It is a good question. That's, that's an interest. That's a good question. Partly question. because I don't know um, the answer because I I personally feel that. Um, I've got an answer. A lot of the influence can go in the other direction right now, and then a lot of the things that you would ask board games to do if you were a video gamer, they already kind of... They need I to mean, be more could... visceral and immersive. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I was going to say... They need to be oh, Oculus could, Rift compatible. They could be... Uh, they could look better, but I don't know that they're, they're looking better. They could have a lot more random or procedural elements, but a lot of games do. You know what I would say? So... I, I think video games are pretty good at offering um, uh, sort of co-op and team-based stuff. And board games do co-op well, but board games don't do team-based stuff well oh, at think? all. Like, the amount of team-based games, like Galaxy Trucker has a team variant, you know, there's Ladies and Gentlemen, which is amazing. It's partially amazing because, hey, it lets us be in teams. And uh, video games have tons of team stuff. Any multiplayer video game is going to have team stuff. And board games don't More have stuff it. like Space Cadets, which is... Well, Dice Duel, or Dice Duel, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, the fact that, like, imagine a Space Cadets game where there's two of you piloting awkward ships towards each other, which would be actually really easy to do. That is true. And actually ships. also, like, I mean, we did do, obviously, we did stuff when you have, like, memoir... You know, mm. uh, what, I mean, Overlord. how good is Overlord compared to regular? Memoir? It is, it's really but it's good. also it's quite difficult to like. Yeah, like it, it, they haven't really worked out ways of having that, so you can have like three v three or four v four without it being really table intensive and com- quite complicated. Yeah, I mean, two rooms in a boom is a great team game. We basically love just about anything with teams. We do. And Cosmic Encounter actually now with the new expansion has a great team variant. But all this stuff, I want to see more. Yeah, I, I think more. actually, like, one of the things um, that I think is actually sort of been the, the new XCOM thing, but that's kind of cheating because that's sort of using an app, which is sort of. Well, I don't that's, know. The thing we're is, fuzzing the lines now, but I think, I that's think a good that thing. might be okay. I, I think, think that's I'm fine, okay yeah. with uh, the wonderful simplicity of the One Night Werewolf app that just says, do these things in this order. What it plays the worst cricket sound effect in but the world. There, you know, the, a problem that we sometimes do have with board games is remembering a particular rule or a particular clause. And if there is an app that comes for free that you get when you buy the board game and it just makes sure you do the right things in the right order, I'm kind of okay with that. I think that that's a really good uh, supporting, enabling thing yeah, to I add think, to a game. I think tutorials in general mm. are really good. You know, check games. An edition. app would be perfect for that. Yeah, Actually, I'm, that is an incredible point. As the, the one thing that, that games still are just absolutely like really suffering from. Board is, games. Yeah, board games. Yeah. And as, as Quinns, I think, was about to say, yeah. check games actually have probably sorted the tutorial because yeah, they, they put, do really they, good intro. They, put, they write really funny tutorial copy that then they let a player read out. And so, you know, you, you're laughing at this script that they're reading, but the script is also walking you through a game and some early missions, and they introduce mechanics bit by bit, which is great. Yeah, it's it's definitely something that would be really cool to see, especially, I mean, even if it was a case of, uh, you know, get, if, especially with something like XCOM, it might be awesome if they did that. Like, they, they already you already need to have an iPad to play it. If they just had, like, a video, which you could just basically have, like, five... A five-part video that will just Videos, explain diagrams. the rules oh, with yeah. diagrams and moving bits and showing you literally means and saying, "Are you ready to see that. the next bit?" A lot of yes, publishers you know. do do that now, but um, but those videos aren't necessarily amazing all the time. It's no, like, no, yeah. It's, oh, ah, it's the it's doorbell. The doorbell no, round. And at, at the doorbell is the end of the podcast. Oh, oh, I better get that. Thanks for listening, everyone. Hope bye. you've enjoyed it. Bye. 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 If we carry on, the stage agent can come in and join in. No, bye. Bye. <laughs> It will lower the price of the property, Paul. <laughs> <laughs>